You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Today, our guest on Preaching Source is Dr. Tommy Green. He currently serves as the executive director of the Florida Baptist Convention, and he's a past president of that convention. Uh, But probably I've known him through most of the years as the pastor of First Baptist Church in Brandon, Florida, where uh, he led that church in a very successful ministry, growing uh, in membership from 2,700 to 5,700, in essence, doubling, uh, more than doubling. Uh, So he's a a pastor who has a great heart for pastors and for preaching. Tommy, welcome to Preaching Source. Uh, Thank you, Barry. It's an honor to be with you today. Now, your current role as executive director of the Florida Baptist Convention uh, gives you the mission of inspiring and equipping the Florida Baptist churches and associations to accomplish the Great Commission. That's your stated aim. Uh, Talk to us a bit about how the Florida Baptist Convention is accomplishing that task of aiding churches in the Great Commission. Well, our strategy focuses upon the convention coming right beside our churches. Uh, Our desire is to be uh, there for them in terms of encouragement, in terms of resources, in terms of helping them uh, in whatever uh, initiatives that God has placed upon their heart to accomplish. Uh, We fully believe that that the churches do not exist for the convention, (laughs) but that the convention exists for the churches. And therefore, we have uh, placed our entire strategy around putting our, our individuals who serve our convention staff regionally across our state because Florida is a very diverse state. And uh, you know, when you're in Miami, it's a different world than the Panhandle. And when you're in Jacksonville, it's a different world than Orlando. And so by placing people living in those regions, we're able to come personally with our pastors and hear their heart and seek to encourage them uh, in whatever God has placed upon their heart to do together. And then obviously we do many things unified together as a state convention uh, to fulfill the Great Commission to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Tell me, what role does biblical preaching play in accomplishing that task? Preaching is a very important part of, of what we do. Um, I'm very uh, humbled and, and, and thankful that I still have an opportunity to preach every Sunday uh, in our different churches across Florida, uh, as well as the individuals that we have placed on our staff. They are all very gifted preachers. And as we have taught, uh, I have shared with them, when you go, uh, you're not there uh, preaching about a denomination. You're not there preaching about the Florida Baptist Convention. Just preach the Word of God because people People want to hear uh, from the Word, and they want to know the Word. And so I, I, I've, I've jokingly said with them, but yet uh, not really jokingly, that if I hear you're out there preaching sermons about the convention, that'll probably be the last one you'll preach as a part of our convention, because we believe firmly that is God's Word that changes lives, and we want them to come uh, with a fresh Word from God. And so as we look at our churches across Florida... We have tremendous uh, preachers, uh, tremendous churches in Florida, uh, individuals who are very dynamic in the pulpit, and you can see that reflected uh, in the growth of their churches. You can see how God is using preaching in great ways across our state uh, to point people to a personal relationship with Christ and to help them grow uh, within their faith. Uh, This past um, uh, weekend, I was uh, in one of our churches that uh, had a spontaneous baptism type of weekend, and uh, they have multiple services. They have seven services on their main campus. And they have uh, uh, satellite, uh, multi-sites. And over the weekend, uh, they shared a very strong message about biblical baptism, uh, shared the Romans road of how to know Christ and call people to come forward. In one weekend, uh, this church baptized 517 persons. It was an amazing time, but, but it was all predicated upon the preaching of the Word of God. 
Wow. Uh, Tommy, how how do you think our, our denominational entities, the the conventions and and entities of the conven- of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, what can they do uh, to uh, help equip pastors to be better preachers? Well, I feel that once pastors get into their field of ministry and you know they're away from the seminary or from the schooling that they have experienced and they are now consumed with all of the demands that are placed upon them to be a pastor uh, preaching is always at the forefront of their heart but sometimes it's not at the forefront of their planning it's not at the forefront of their of their of their time and and so as as a convention I feel that we need to provide uh, ongoing training, ongoing education, peer learning experiences uh, for for our pastors, and we try to uh, work uh, by using practitioners within Florida, uh, those who are strong in the pulpit. We encourage them and set up times for other pastors to come and just to sit with them, talk with them, let them hear about how they preach, how they plan, how they prepare. Uh, we just recently uh, had a, uh, a conference across our state. We called it Sharper, and uh, we were in 23 different churches in Florida. And uh, basically, those churches just kind of pulled back the curtain, and uh, other church teams came and sat down with those church teams. So pastors, senior pastors, sat with senior pastors. Pastors, uh, music with music, student with student, executive—you know, on and on—and and those pastors just poured into uh, those pastors. We had over three thousand uh, individuals on one day who were involved in, in, in those ministries all across our state. There were mega churches, there were there were large churches, smaller churches. I mean, we had all different types of expressions so that people could go to somewhere um, that was either where they were or where they're hoping to be able to get to in terms of their ministry, but to sit down with a pastor who is successful in preaching, who is successful in evangelism and missions, and to hear their heart and to be able just to talk to them one-on-one about what they do and how they do their ministry. And so, so I feel that from a denomination you know, the more that we are able to facilitate those types of, of opportunities, I mean, iron sharpens iron. And anytime I sit down with someone and talk to them about how they do what they do, I'm going to pull something away from that for my own ministry and my own life. And, and, and we have, and we have such respected pastors in Florida and, and for an opportunity for someone to sit down with a Ted trailer or a Ken Whitten or a Willie Rice or a David youth, or just going all the way, or Mac Brunson all across our state. I mean, how that's gold to a young pastor to be able to to have that type of experience and that type of value spoken into their life. And so I feel that that is the future, that personalization, because, you know, I think we all realize we can plan conferences and events, and, and, and they're not always very strongly attended, but to place it where they have an opportunity just to sit down one-on-one and look eye-to-eye with the pastor that they respect, who they see what God is doing in their life, and for that person to pour into their life, I feel, is the value you of the future for us. Now, it seems like that would be uh, 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 that the state conventions would be especially well positioned to facilitate those conversations. Absolutely. And and the Sharper Conference, I mean, I, I made I made 20 phone calls and just asked, hey, would you do this? And they said yes, because most, most pastors want to speak into the hearts of other pastors. Most preachers want to help other preachers, but, but sometimes other people are intimidated or they're afraid to ask. And so basically I asked for them. I got permission for them. And then I said, if you don't go, it's your fault. I mean, they're, 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 their doors are open. They're ready to receive you. They've dedicated a day. And 
and uh, and and it was just an amazing time. But but growing out of that, now we have we have more smaller groups that are forming. You know, hey, can I come back and sit down and talk with you again? And so sure you can. And so so now the, there's just relationships that were forged out of that. I think that will continue to to help uh, our pastors and and in their preaching and their ministries as a whole. Tommy, in your role, uh, you get to see a lot of churches and hear a lot of pastors. Uh, What encourages you about the, the state of preaching these days in your state? Well, I, I think that as we look across our state, uh, obviously we have pastors that are um, preaching all across America. I mean, they're used in in our convention and other settings, and 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 they are they are preachers that are in demand. And so, so we have really a, a, an A list in some ways of, of of powerful men of God who are preaching the Word of God strongly. But we also have young preachers, and and they are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they they. This millennial generation—they're preaching biblical sermons. Uh, I—I I was at a church uh, recently. My wife and I—we we, didn't—I didn't have a place to preach that Sundays. Went and visit. It was a 35-year-old pastor, I and mean, he was up there. I mean, I looked at my wife and I said, "I wish I could preach like that guy." I mean, he was just pouring his heart into this text and and just just allowing the Spirit to speak through his life. And so I, I'm finding that there is a that, that there's not an abandonment of biblical preaching. That, that there's a hunger for it, and that our young pastors are truly seeking to to focus upon God's Word and, and bring the message from a text-driven uh, sermon. And so, um, you know, you also have other pastors that, in their context, they they are uh, they're, they're 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 preaching biblical messages, but they also are trying to use contemporary topics to kind of use that as a hook in some ways. In in, in South Florida and places like that, you know, where you just don't have uh, generational Christianity, and 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 these people really they, they haven't been in church at all, and so just to get them to the to the building is a pretty major feat. And so so they're doing some very creative things across across our state. A lot of multimedia uh, they're using very strongly in preaching uh, in terms of video, in terms of uh, using that uh, within the context of their sermons. And and so I think there's a, there's a wide variety of, of, of styles of preaching, but yet I, I continue to see no matter where it is, it's very, it's very Christ-centered and very Scripture-focused. Now, during your years as senior pastor at uh, First Baptist of Brandon, Florida, uh, that church doubled in membership from 2,700 to 5,700. You baptized over 100 uh, people a year. Uh, I mean, your congregation was a real pace setter in evangelism and baptisms. What uh, obviously we would think that somebody's doing some evangelistic preaching uh, to build and grow and sustain a church like that. Talk to us about the role of and how of evangelistic preaching and and how you approach that to to lead that church to that kind of growth. Well, I, I believed uh, in what at that term the, the phrase we call was expository preaching, preaching through uh, books of the Bible, verse by verse, text by text, and and we did that. And so, uh, you know, I we would preach uh, through an entire book, and sometimes it may be uh, two years, three years in one book of the Bible. And and our folks, uh, they uh, you know they they enjoyed that. They came, uh, you know, ready to get to the next text. And if I if I ever kind of thought, well, I'll just maybe skim past that one to the next one, they'd be like, Pastor. 
Pastor, you, you missed that text. I'm like, okay, I, I didn't miss it intentionally. And so, you know, uh, you, you can uh, grow a church through expository, text-driven preaching, uh, verse by verse through the Bible. It helps grow your, your people, deepen their faith. It causes you to, to address uh, scriptures and, and issues that probably if you were just picking and choosing, you might not do. But, but if you're committed to that, then you're dealing with the word as, as it is revealed and inspired of God. Um, and I also, you know, we always uh, brought our, 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 our invitations toward uh, a gospel-centered uh, call to salvation, and we gave public invitations. Uh, uh, we, we, didn't, we felt that it worked very strongly. In our context, and every Sunday, uh, we would we would close with a call to salvation, with a call to other commitments, and and we just you know week after week we would see people respond. Um, of course, a lot of that is because during the week we were knocking on doors. During the week we were out making visits. We were being pastoral to our community, uh, showing them the love of Christ, and uh, we had people including myself, because if I was not setting that example, then, then our, I mean, how can I ask our folks to be out knocking on doors or sharing Christ? And so we were out every week uh, sharing, sharing the gospel, and, and uh, God honored that and blessed that, and we were, we were very fortunate to see many people come to Christ. Now, you've been a real advocate of the concept of churches planting churches. Uh, what role does the pastor play in, in equipping church planters to, and in, in this whole scheme? Well, I feel that the, the key is churches plant churches. Um, when, when the denomination takes on that role or a state convention takes on that role, often we parachute uh, a guy into a city. Uh, we give him a few years of compensation, and, and, and we have a little bit of support around him. But once the compensation is gone, often the support is gone, and many times uh, they're still in a, in a place where they need support, they need encouragement. And, and, and we have had many uh, who have fallen away, who have walked away just discouraged and, and overcome by their circumstances. And so my, my feeling is that, that, that scripturally churches planted churches. And when churches plant churches, then they are going to stay with that church planter. And the DNA of that, of that sending church or mother church, whatever phrase that, that you want to use, will be evident within, that, within the church that is being planted or replanted, which is a huge thing that's taking place across Florida and other states even today. And, and the pastor has that unique opportunity to become that mentor, to become that friend, to become that, that, that influencer upon that church planter. And, and to me, that's one of the strongest relationships. When we planted churches, we always, always had special relationships with those church planters, uh, just to call them, talk to them. What are you preaching? How, you know, we, we, we talked about those things all the time and just, just loving on them because, because they, it's, a, it's a very lonely, difficult task to plant a church. If no one, I've never planted a church. I've always been to legacy-type churches and walked into to, to those kind of settings. But, but after working with churches that are being planted in church planters, I feel that for the success of a church plant, there needs to be a healthy church that stands behind them. And, and for a pastor to be able to, to pour his life into a church planter gives that planter the opportunity to succeed because he has support, he has a mentor, he has an encourager, he has someone who kind of has his back helping him think through things and, 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 to, and to be a support to him. And so, so yes, absolutely, uh, we, we, are, we are fully committed to churches planting churches, and we're seeing that happen uh, very, uh, very faithfully across Florida.
Tommy, you're known uh, as a huge advocate for uh, the cooperative program, obviously as a state uh, exec. But I, I, I've heard your particular take on the cooperative program that that what drives that is a real passion for world missions Amen. and seeing the darkness and lostness of the world penetrated. And uh, so you, you've been a real voice for world missions uh, and involved in world missions. What... Talk to us a little bit about how you see the role of preaching in world missions. Well, I feel that wherever we go, God's Word is going to speak. And, and we need to bring God's Word faithfully. We need to bring God's Word uh, in that context of, of, of world missions, no matter, no matter where we are. And I feel that preaching, uh, you know, is always going to be central. Uh, it, it was central in the New Testament as the, as the gospel expanded from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And I believe it's still central today. Um, you know, as we look at missions as a state convention, uh, we have made some very clear commitments as it relates to cooperative program and cooperative program giving. Uh, when, when we stepped into this role, our state was, was retaining 59% of every dollar that came to our state convention while releasing 41% to the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention. And we immediately made a change in our budget where the state convention kept 49% and released 51% to the cooperative program. So it was a, a 10% increase to the, to the cooperative program and a 10% decrease you know, to, to our funding within Florida. But it did not in any way... Uh, uh, minimize the, the ministries in Florida. We just had a different paradigm of how we were going to do ministry. And, and, and the result of that, I think, was very significant to our pastors and to our state. In one year in Florida, we went from giving $11,800,000 to the cooperative program. We made the change in formula, and churches started giving again in a stronger way to the cooperative program. To one year later, it, we gave $14,800,000. So we had a $3 million increase increase in one year in, in, in cooperative program giving to the Southern Baptist Convention. How does that translate? Well, it translates in that the IMB just recently announced that they've added, you know, uh, uh, new missionaries. They're, they're on track to add 100 more this year. Well, if, if $3 million more million went to CP, over 50% of that went to the IMB. So now they have more resources to do. And so to me, everything that we do is not just about Florida. We have 3,200 churches in Florida. We have over 1.2 million members that we always can't find all of them, but we have over 1.2 million members. I mean, we have what we need within our state to make a difference with the gospel, and 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 our pastors have a burning desire to, to reach the nations, and they believe that we do that not only through our going, our, our being on mission, our preaching, and those sorts of things, but also through our giving, because, because the cooperative program no matter how you define it, is a, a, a gift from God to fund international world missions and North American missions and fund our seminaries uh, as Southern Baptists, and, and we're all in and committed to that totally. Our guest on Preaching Source today has been Dr. Tommy Green, the Executive Director of the Florida Baptist Convention. Tommy, thank you for being with us today on Preaching Source. Well, thank you, Barry. It's been an honor to sit down and talk with you, and uh, thank you for your ministry, uh, not only to Southwestern Seminary, but to Southern Baptists. You've been a, a great source of encouragement to all of us. Uh, thank you.